<laughs> no, but oh, hello everyone. We are back after I think a result that none of us were expecting, um, but that came around in the most pazzanter way possible. Um, of course, we're also filming on Inter's birthday today. Um, I guess that's, those are two things we'll be talking about a good bit. Um, the Liverpool match will dominate a lot of this, but who's going to be dominating most of the talking today is not going to be me. Um, we're going to let Ian practice for his future podcast that he <laughs> is starting on Only other subjects. Fans. No, that's yours. Only fans. That's yours, Let's go. No, but we're, we're giving Ian his his um his training. So I'm going to hand this over to him, and I'm going to let him drive this boat, and hopefully he doesn't sink it like I do. So. <laughs> Cheers for that. Um, yeah, like you said, big game yesterday against Liverpool. I don't think any of us expected that result. Maybe it was a way for Inter to repay themselves, seeing how today is their birthday, give us like a little present. Not a big enough present if you ask me, because we still didn't go through, but it is what it is. But first of all, welcome back, Christo. It's been a while. How are you? How have you been? Good. I'm always on when Inter wins, so that's not a surprise. I've said it in the past. <clears throat> I'm I'm a glory hunter, and I'll hunt until they win something. I'm not here to to satisfy the poor bitches that you know <clears throat> just wanna you know love the club and whatnot. No, bro. I'm here to win. And if you if you're not winning, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna get me on the podcast. I'm just glory kidding. Hunter, uh, <laughs> it's it's just nice to. It's just nice to see you guys again and, you know, talk about our beloved club, especially on the birthday. And uh, hopefully you'll do a better job than Mike, although impossible, <laughs> but, you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, we also joined by our regular panel members, Mikey and Dave. What's up, yes, fellas? Yes, the usual, the usual. I'm not used to being introduced. I'm used to doing the introducing. This is quite weird. Um, no, but I'm excited to see where this goes and see... What kind of style you bring to this? I'm really excited. <laughs> hey, I'm good, man. With your, with your kit, always representing someone, always with a meaning in the background. Open you already know. <laughs> you already know. My topic of the day, you know, the background is Captain Skriniar. What a what a game he had yesterday. What what a way to to pretty much not really announce himself on the stage of, of the world stage, but really to solidify himself. Because at this point, um, most of the the top accounts on Twitter were talking about how Skriniar is definitely a top five in the world. You know, that's something that us Inter fans we've been saying for a while. But now it's great to see him start getting the recognition from from other folks. But yeah, I, I'm good, man. I feel great um, on a, on a beautiful day, uh, like our beloved club's birthday. What a, what a perfect day to have a pod, and you know, a, a great way to pretty much remind the world the size of the club and the history of the club with a performance yesterday um and enfield beating a team that have that haven't lost at home for over a year true yeah we are the first team to defeat liverpool in over a year not even some other premier league teams have been able to do that um most notably city united chelsea and the rest but moving on from that so yesterday one nil win um i don't think any of us really expected us to to, to even win one nil let alone try and push for two like it seemed that we we were doing for two minutes before a certain chilean midget got sent off um i'll go with you first crystal because it's been a while since you've been on here what did you think of of the of the match yesterday 
I mean, firstly, it was it was an amazing match from our side because even with the resources that we had um, at disposal, we did our best. You know, um, when you have someone like uh, Vestino and Gagliardini coming in, and you see uh, Kate on the other side that costed like what fifty million, uh, the the Colombian strike ideas that costed them like 60 70 million it's quite astonishing to to you know even win at the anfield although you know a bit lucky with all the posts that they have hit but we saw a defensive masterclass by Bishkrini yesterday and the award that he won was absolutely and the award that he won was um, definitely noteworthy and as they've said you know top five in the world maybe but as of now, I just enjoy the performances, and once again, um, you know, uh, we are. It seems like we're not allowed to to enjoy things because when we won the scudetto, Lukaku got sold, Conte left, Hakimi left after like a few days of celebrating. Now, when you already you know score one nil and you have thirty minutes to score the second goal, Sanchez goes on to to get a red card within minutes. So. It seems like everything is against us, but even with those um, obstacles, I would say, we showed who we are. And, you know, at least you know, even if you went out of the Champions League, at least you, you showed muscle and you showed courage to, to win a Tenfield, a feat that many clubs have not achieved. And it was, you know, it was nice to win on a way match. And especially, you know, going out is going out. But now with that win, you should... It, use that as a wind in your back to be motivated even more to win the Scudetto or to fight until the, the very end and nothing but the Scudetto will be satisfying enough so I'm, I'm down for it and you know the fight moves on and goes on yeah I've, I've spoken to some people and they've all said that we should be basically using this win and use it as a building block towards getting that Scudetto or even pushing for the Coppa Italia final. Dave, what did you think about the match yesterday? Um, well, um, I remember last episode, Mikey and I, we were talking and um, we were pretty much saying what we we, we thought would happen, what we hoped would happen. Um, what we saw yesterday was pretty much my best case scenario. You know, I remember I was telling Mikey how, um, you know, um, a 1-0 win, or even a 2-0, I mean, a 2-1 win, or even a 1-1 a, a draw, something respectable, um, something that could give us uh, pride, something that could give the guys, like, more confidence to build upon. And, you know, what a better way to, to, to do it. You know, of course, if we go in depth into the match, into the details, uh, we could have had much more. And, um, of course, we're Inter fans. Uh, we, we're a club that has won it um, in the past. So of course we we expect we it's okay for us to, to feel a little disappointed that we didn't go through, you know. But at the end of the day, if we're being realistic, we knew that we were underdogs, even more so after being down 2-0 from from the first leg, missing Barella and all of that. Despite all of that, we still managed to pull up pull a 1-0 uh, victory from them. And um, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to see how far we could have pushed them because of uh, the red card. Because in my opinion, after that red card, uh, it, it pretty much became bleak. Like there was no way, because we were pretty much struggling to to create chances with eleven men. You know, let's be honest. We scored the goal on um 
on a, on a hustle play, we won the ball bag and Lotao had a master, a master stroke, you know, something that he's probably not going to hit the ball like that nine times out of 10, you know, so let's not kid ourselves. So at 10 men, that means that to me just pretty much put the nail in our coffin. I knew that the game was over. But um, that was just my long-winded way of saying, like, I'm very satisfied with what I saw. I'm very proud of what the boys did. And um, I'm I'm confident that we're going to use it to build upon, and I can't wait to see how we play against Torino. Exactly. It's a respectable result, nothing to look down upon. Mm. Mikey, any final thoughts, comments? You know, I thought everyone, for the most part, put their best foot forward. I know I was one of the ones more advocating for just throwing this one away, not really putting any kind of effort, not sending the first team. But, I mean, we know that Simone Anzaghi is not that kind of manager. Um, so, you know, I thought everyone did pretty well, um, other than, you know, Alexis before before the red or when the red card happened before the red card, he was having a decent match. You know, he was the more creative of the two strikers, but Lautaro gets his goal and Alexis Sanchez can't keep his studs down. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much the end of it. But I, you know, at the end of the day, I just hope that Jurgen Klopp didn't get too many ideas looking at some of our players, looking at Bastoni, looking at Skriniar. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I hope he keeps his hands to himself after the season. Yeah, we saw him talking to some of our players. We saw him chatting uh, when the game ended. Um, I didn't like that smirk face of his. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh, he's wheeling and dealing with those veneers out there. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't let him, don't, don't give him too much space. It, it was quite a sight to behold. Um, but, yeah, like, like Mattia Jovic says here in the comments, such a Pazza Inter moment to get the red card immediately after scoring. I genuinely think it was such a Pazza Inter game, you know. Um, we we conceded three shots on post, I think. Um, we had to get some players up due to injury, you know, arguably our most important player, Brozovic. Um, Debray apparently going off for the hamstring injury as well. Um, and substitutions, which we often criticize Inzaghi for, have been questioned today as well, you know. Um, what would happen if... We didn't get injured if we had someone else to to substitute on. Um, would you guys like to touch on that on that topic as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, first, I wanted to discuss the substitutions. You know, because um, of course we're we're down to zero. Um, we managed to score a goal. Um, most people would ex expect us to pretty much look at the bench and look at every single offensive player that we have and just throw them on. I've seen plenty of tweets about it from all types of accounts, even saying that, hey, he, he should have found a way to send Deco on there with Lotaro and Correa. Um, but when I when I see stuff like that, I think to myself, okay, so who do you take off? We're going to take off, what, two midfielders and, and throw on Deco and, and Correa? I'm not sure. Because at, at that point, we would have pretty much broken the team's balance. And if somehow we managed to still get that goal, um, I promise you that there was no way we would have been able to, to sustain it because we were just giving away that mid, that midfield battle. The only way we were still in the match is because our midfielders were battling for for uh, for ninety minutes. You know, um, 
I saw the running stats, we ran a whole bunch. Everybody ran a whole lot, you know? So imagine having to take off one of those midfielders or even two of them to, to throw on strikers. To me, it's just it just never made sense. I feel like Inzaghi's subs, he made the best subs possible given our situation. Because as I was saying earlier, we were struggling to create chances when we were 11 versus 11. So in 10 versus 11, it became almost impossible. But the only way you could... Uh, well, pretty much fashion a goal down a man in infield is pretty much shit housing. So that's why, in my opinion, he threw on um, Korea, and um, maybe Korea could use his pace and chase down some some long balls, something like that. Or in the same reason why he threw on Vecino as well. You know, just that tall guy that you could just throw a ball over there. Maybe he could he could use it. He could win the ball in the air because there was no way we were going to be building up, holding possession, building up, having them pending back to, to score a goal. So people that were saying that is just not realistic in my opinion. So I feel like Nzagi read the match very well. He realized that, you know what, that's our best chance of getting, a, not only getting a goal, you know, with a, a lucky free kick, because we got a free kick at the very last minute, you know, hey, who knows what could have happened. Not only our best chance of getting a goal, but also of, of, of keeping our shape for uh, for the extra time, for the 30 minutes of extra time. You know, so that's that's what I wanted to say about the the substitutions, and that's why I wanted to defend him on it. Yeah, I mean, like, what are we gonna do? Throw like when people want Korea, they want Jekko on, they want um, bro. Go sorry to cut you with Paris. Sorry to cut you off, bro. You, you should have just seen the goal that Paris Saint Germain just conceded, bro. Donnarumma just just fumbled the ball to to Benzema. Can you please turn the volume down? Oh, can you hear it? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Donnarumma masterclass once again. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like he played alongside Handanovic in the same city. <laughs> well, go ahead, Mikey. My bad. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, where was I going? Yeah. So people talk about, you know, wanting Correa, Dzeko, uh, Lataro all on. Then they want Perisic on. They want Gosens on as well. Like, I mean, if we could go out there and play with 14 players, we'd win. We'd win the treble because, like, we have, like, a, we're pretty good once you get about three guys deep on the bench. And then, I mean, after that, it's whatever. But, you know, I mean, he can only do with what he's got. And, I mean, he won at Anfield with what he had. He kept a clean sheet at Anfield with um, no Barella. Um Alexi's still going off with a considerable chunk of time left. I mean, I don't think Liverpool really wanted that goal too badly after the red card. I think both teams were like, all right, you know, you can have your win, but we're going to take, you know, our our aggregate win in advance. But, you know, anyone who was mad at his substitutions, like, I don't know. What do you like? Don't be like, don't be shocked if there's a bad performance at Torino. If some of these guys don't go off when they did, because those guys still need rest. I mean, we saw uh devry ambrosovich with calf strains devry is pretty much confirmed to be missing torino uh could be out up to like 10 12 days i think from initial reports um uh brozovich uh could be back for torino um if we don't have him that's going to be a big problem because urich will exploit that because he's a very smart coach yeah. so i mean once you're down to 10 men yeah think about the next game um i think that was that that was not a game to criticize his subs on Mm -hmm. And as we like to discuss, um, you guys in the comments, please, if anybody disagrees with us, please um, feel free to comment and explain what you guys would have done, who you guys would have taken off to bring on more offensive players. What you, what you guys would have done differently with the subs? 
you know, uh, the only thing that you can uh, talk about, I think, even today, is not uh, using the ghost and sub because we've seen Perisic, you know, good or bad, uh, play as a striker. And once you don't have anyone on the bench, just use Perisic up front and put Gosens instead of one of the three in the midfield. So instead of bringing on, I don't know, Gagliardini, bring on Gosens and put uh, Perisic up front because you needed the second goal. And we saw how crucial was the second striker because Korea was not able to, you know, sustain the, the pressure that we had throughout the game. Uh, we saw, you know, at times in the 80th minute, Liverpool had the ball for like five minutes straight and they were passing yeah. the ball from back to forth and it was embarrassing but, in, on one hand, but... Here's what I wanted to say about what you said, Aristo. So you said put Perisic up front, bring on Gosens instead of Galiadini. Galiadini came on for Brozovic, so you would, you would have brought on Gosens for Brozovic. That would have left exactly. us with what, with, with what Vidal and Kalanoglu as the two as the only two midfielders to battle their three midfields. We would not even sniff the ball, in my opinion, especially so, down down the, down the ten men. What do you mean? So that mean we pretty much we would have we wouldn't sniff the ball. We wouldn't we would have made it worse than than better, in my opinion. But isn't that the thing? Like, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they flashed over to the sidelines right before Brozovic went down, and Gosens was standing there like he was about to come on like uh -huh. we would have seen him he would have made that sub that like so many people wanted but uh -huh. i mean once you're down to 10 once your guy who keeps the entire structure of your team together has gone out you have to bring in another midfielder even if it's gallardini i mean just because yeah, you sure. don't you, you what are, what are you gonna like you cannot have gallardini and jalanolu as your two midfielders like it's for yeah, I, th for I think Vidal the, and like Vidal after I mean he had a great match. Like I'm not gonna lie, no, like he, did. He, he, did. he had a very good match, but he was still throwing himself around. I mean I don't know how much he's got mm -hmm. left in the tank for the rest of the season after that. Yeah. So I mean they would have been just absolutely overrun if I, I just think that it was just one one of those things where the the red card just obviously threw everything off. You know, so I mean it was obvious we saw it on the sideline and he had to pretty much re just shred everything and rethink it. You know. Exactly, yeah. Even Simone Zaghi said to Sky Italia after the game, um, when asked about Dzeko, Dzeko will be very important in Turin, so I had to make other calculations. I think this also applies to the moment where he had the red card, where we got the red card, um, because I think it basically threw his plan out the window. Like you said, Gosens was on the touchline. I think he was ready to, to bring Perisic off for Gosens, keep Brozovic in, you know, but sometimes injuries happen and you have to move on. Um, Does really it mean do that Sorry, does it mean that Inzaghi gave up on the game in the 60th minute? I also think that he kind of gave up and said, okay, like realistically with 10 men, we can't really do anything against Liverpool. I mean, if we look at the possession that. stats uh, for the whole game, 61% possession for nine for Inter, so 61 in favor of Liverpool. They had <clears throat> 65 attacks compared to our 24 attacks. Um, they had almost you... twice as many passes as we did. Could... You, could yeah. you pull the, the, you know, the stats mm -hmm. uh, with Barcelona in 2010 when Mota got the red card in the 20th minute? Oh, I'm, that's I'm just... not comparable at all. Oh, come on, Risto. You're on the back foot without a player and you have nothing to lose. But you but also had a lead we, to defend. Yeah, we were defending a lead, not chasing a lead. But we were defending a lead and now we were defending without no lead. 
No, we were chasing the yeah, goal. Yeah, we were chasing. We, we were yeah, we needed we need the exactly. second goal. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I have, still think that we should have been more attacking than we were. I have some stats here. What you're thinking of the the one they lost, right? Yeah. Mm, Barcelona Inter. <clears throat> and I know that they dominated for like the whole game. You know, seventy-five percent possession and whatnot. <clears throat> I'm not comparing the teams. It's not even debatable. Yeah, but I'm it's just it's completely different situations, I think. Oh, it is. But my point is that, you know, you said, you know, keep the structure. What structure? You need to win. You need to score another goal. Either win 2-0 or go go home or lose whatever. No, actually, no. Actually, it's not that simple because at the end of the day, um, I think one of the comments mentioned it, and even um, I saw some some reports about it as well. The win is actually money for the club, you know, and you know. So, hey, why? At the end of the day, man, I definitely I'm much better being here talking about a one zero than had we seen him being being naive, take just oh, make substitutions on. with not with not with no direction, and then they pump us three one or four one. No, I don't. I've, I'm much better here talking about we beat Liverpool and here's what we could have done, maybe, instead of like, oh man, we scored a goal and then we went for it. But then, you know, they pumped us 4 4 1, 3 1. At the end of the day, they still they still hit the post three times, you know? So, and there's still that last ditch effort from Vidal as well. So, Guys, like, if we could pull up the the stats from halftime, um, we were struggling. This is a match that we were struggling even when we were eleven versus eleven. So it became very, 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 very hard when you went down a man in that situation. In my opinion, that's the point that I'm trying to make. And just making substitutions, even the worst thing you you're gonna do in that situation is take off a midfielder, because the only thing that kept us in the game to an extent is. Because we're competing with them, I guess the midfield battle. But if you just give that away to them, I feel like you would have given away the game. I mean, you gave up the midfield just by putting Gallardini in. So, I mean, it's not that much of a difference. I mean, I was still a body. Bad though, honestly. Yeah, I was was still a body. It wasn't, you know, it's just just disappointing because I mean, like I think we saw for just a second a spark of a mentality Mm -hmm. shift when that goal went in like liverpool looked like just after the goal i mean maybe they were just shocked that lautaro did that after you know being absolutely (laughs) petrified of devry i mean of of van dyke for like Uh the two ties so i mean everyone looked a little shocked the inter players looked like they were ready for that second goal and that all just went out the window when when Alexis couldn't keep his studs down. I mean, we could talk about that. Like, I'm sure that'll come up later. But, I mean, he's he was lucky to be on at that point and should not have done anything that would have been anywhere near a dangerous play. Um, but, yeah, I think if, they, if we wouldn't have had that red card, if Inzaghi could have got that sub on that he was right there about to make, that we could have won this tie. And it is disappointing. Yeah, I think he was just about to make the sub. Even the Slovenian commentator on my stream said he was just about to make the sub and then Sanchez got off either way. Just didn't have a replacement to bring on, you know. So I think that kind of ruined the whole plan for the rest of the game, what would happen. Um, But speaking of Sanchez, reports today are saying that the management and Nzagi are 
looking to ship him off in the summer that he really ah, doesn't have any future. Anyway. It was happening anyway, but like other than that, I think he had a good game, but just some bad moments with cards because arguably he could be he could have been sent off for that challenge in the first half, the end of the first half, you know. And then it was kind of a correction, you know, in the sixtieth minute with, with his challenge on I think it was Fabinho, not really sure. Um and we saw the complete opposite with Lotaro, you know, we saw him basically ghost for the whole game and then just come up with that wonder girl, you know. I don't think anyone really expected it um to happen. So what do you guys think? Sanchez in, Sanchez out. I know we talked about him a lot this season, what he can still offer, but it's nearing the end towards the end of the season. Sanchez in with a lower salary if he's willing to lower his demands because I'm not sure that there's a club in the world that will offer him what he earns at Inter, um, other Inter, of course, because like, what's his next destination? Spain? Like, he, whatever he goes, the salary will be definitely lower. So, I would keep him if he's uh, interested in you know sitting on the bench again uh, as an option off the bench with a lower salary. But I know that that's not going to happen. I just I just want to hear your guys uh, your guys's opinions. Um, I'm, I'm personally I'm saying Sanchez out. You know he's been a great servant to the club. You know what for what three years now he's been. One um, of uh, he was very instrumental in the Scudetto last year and hopefully again this year. Um, but we already know what he is at this point of his career at his age. Um, I felt like he was pretty good yesterday. He was trying. He was dropping down a lot, coming to help in the midfield, coming to help press, which is which is actually the reason why he got both of his cards. Maybe you know, um, I know the one against uh, the, the ones versus Thiago. He was that was damn near by by our box. So he was working. You know, the guy was working. He was trying, and um, he he did what he could. Um, you, we saw that his pace is gone uh, a couple times. Uh, Hakan tried to put him in through on goal, but he didn't even try to, to sprint. So that tells you that at his age, it's time to move on. You know, if you, if we could just finish finish the decision on the high, he's one of our highest earners. I think he is our he is our highest earners actually earner actually. Um, we have to move on, man. If we could get Raspadori or something like that to come to come play um, back up to Lotaro, um, I, I'd be more than happy with that. But yeah, I think it's time to move on from him. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole scheme right now. Like, if you believe the media, if you believe what everyone's saying, and you ignore the link that I've seen recently between um, um, Luis Suarez and Inter. Like, if you completely ignore that, because I think that's just nonsensical. I mean, we're we're cutting we're cutting wages. So, I mean, Alexis Sanchez, that's the top. If you've got a guy that's not starting that is making more than all of your starters, I mean, he's on the way out. Uh, Vidal, same thing. Um, maybe both of them can go back to um, Colo Colo in Chile and you know <laughs> re repeat their heroics of back when they were young, and then right off into the sunset. But yeah, it's not happening. I think Sanchez. I think Sanchez is prime for an MLS move. Actually, um, that would be something that maybe he could still get some money. You know, if if that's what it is, and still be um, an important guy. You know. Yeah, the MLS do love their their Hispanic big name players, you know, Carlos Vela as well. You know, just making making money. <laughs> Dos Santos, um, yeah. Yeah, Dos Santos. How could you forget him? Ex Barca. What was it? Was he from 
La Masia. I think he was from La Masia as well. No, but the thing is, is MLS like they're trying to go away from the big names, but they're not gonna they're not gonna pass up on something like that. So, and we're seeing like look at Toronto right now bringing in all these Italians. Um, we could we could clearly see something happen. Maybe at like Inter Miami, maybe they bring in Vidal and Sanchez to be there with Higuain. You know, you never know. Then Dave can go see him up in his neck of the woods. Exactly. I, I finally go catch a game. Uh, speaking of Toronto, they got Insigne and another Italian whose name I forgot. Can you uh, guys see Crescito. Apparently, yeah. Crescito wants doesn't want to go there after they got battered 4 1 by, was it NYCFC? Or who was it? Apparently, ah, he wants yeah, to two. go back on the contract. <laughs> Real Madrid. 2 uh, 1. Oh, how about that? Damn. What a match. You know, what a year Benzema's having, bro. Two goals. Someone's going to be mad about the lack of away goals at the end of that tie. <laughs> true, true. That's what happens when you play attacking. And we get, when you have actually quality players. And 11 players on the pitch, I assume. That's what happens um, when you have Hakimi. No, wait, no, <laughs> they're losing right now. Let me not say that. My bad. <laughs> uh, Mikey, could you put Uncle Sharma's comments on the screen for me? said, put some respect on Vidal's name. I think, like Matijovic also said, Vidal played better as I expected him to play against Liverpool in both both games because we were he was playing instead of Barella. He, we know he can't bring on the table what Barella can bring, but I still think he put, he did well. He had that block on on um, Luis Diaz. Um, tried the the no look shot, which mm. I find absurd that every single <laughs> Liverpool forward has been trying to do that since. For me, no, Luis I saw Diego Jota do it as well. Um, yeah, what yeah. what did you guys think of Arturo Vidal? Do you, no, do you think there's I, still a place for him in the team? Ah, uh, I think on the wages, no. I think he's another one of these refresh the squad guys. But I know what Sharma's referencing. He's referencing my 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 lack of excitement when I saw that Vidal had dyed his mohawk blonde ahead of the match. And it just mm -hmm. took me back to all of the statements that he made in the press before other uh, big Champions League high-profile matches where his teams got absolutely, like, you know, the piss taken out of them. So, 3-1, uh, 3-1 one, one, okay. Benzema again, what's going on, guys? Hat, hat trick. Damn. What? What the? You should see that third goal, guys. You guys should see it. Free, I'd have it on you know, if I wouldn't look like a little flat Stanley thing, which I think I still look like. But I, I, I thought I, I thought I, I taught you the trick, but you just don't be listening. Just put your phone right next to the computer. People can't tell if I'm looking at the comments or watching the. <laughs> Seventeen-minute hat trick by Karim Benzema. That, that's crazy. That's but about still not the fastest dog. hat trick this week. No, it's not. Yeah, Lewandowski in what eleven minutes? Yep, yesterday. Crazy. Yesterday. Nah, but, but to go back to Uncle Sharma. Uncle Sharma. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had a great game. I just didn't think, I, I thought that the the dyed Mohawk was going to be a harbinger for some kind of hu massive humiliation, but he turned out to be one of the best on the pitch. And, you know, most of the time I don't have a problem with Vidal, um, but, you know, his TikToks and the, the dyed hair antics kind of had me on edge, but he backed it up. So, you know what? I mean, he can go make some more TikToks or something. <laughs> yeah, my, my thoughts on Vidal, yeah, both legs. Um, he made sure that he did his best. Um, 
I guess we, we could say we still miss Barella to an extent, but he covered the best way possible. Um, with what Barella offers to this team in this system, it's almost impossible to find another player like him. So Vidal did very well. But I think that just like Sanchez, it's, it's time for, them, for him to go. You know, um, did they come together? No, no, no. He came one year after Sanchez, but they can leave together. You know, um, he's one of our highest. He's one of our highest earners. Um, we can't have it. We just cannot have it. And we could tell that he's finished. Um, all the things he was doing yesterday, he was throwing his body around. You know, he can't reach there no more on his legs. You could tell this is a guy giving you a Warriors game. He's pretty much playing with his heart. But he's not going to be able to do that next year, being a year older. And um, the wages again. I think it's time for us to refresh. Um, him and Sanchez, they came and they implemented what they needed to implement to the squad, which is a winning mentality. Um, and then now we have guys like Grenier, Barella, even Lotaro, you want to mention. Um, we have Perisic, we have uh, DeVry. We have plenty of guys that you could say now could could pass on a winning mentality. So yeah, we could we could definitely let him go and um bring in bring in Fratesi, somebody that is that that, that is just as busy but um quicker and fresher and has an eye for goal. So that's exactly what we're missing yesterday. And that's the kind of midfielder we need to add. I see that I've been hearing that Juve are interested in him, by the way. So I hope that that doesn't happen. For whom? Yeah, you were also interested for us, uh, Fratesi. Oh, Fratesi. Oh. Yeah, I read that today. Uh, anything, anything we do, Juve is going to try to try to put an ear on. They've been doing that since Beppe got here. I, th- I think Beppe is doing the same thing with the whole Dybala situation. So it, it's posturing at this point. Talking about one injury-prone striker leaving and another coming. Oh, Dybala. Uh, I thought we were. I thought. I thought we just got off the conversation of um, reducing Wait. our injury-prone strike wages. <laughs> well, Risto, was that? I mean, not Risto. Ian, was that one of your one of your topics? Because I, I know we got to talk about it the can ball, especially, be. It can especially be. with the with the news that that have been coming out. Yeah, apparently the Bala to Inter is getting a little bit, a little bit that much closer. You know, he doesn't want to renew with Juventus. I heard. Um, so, I mean, who do you would? think it's yeah. a real possibility? <laughs> no, actually, um, what I'm reading is that it's not that that he doesn't want to renew. It's like. Juventus are pretty much taking him around. The latest reports I read today before we got on the pod were that his agents were in town to negotiate and Juve just postponed the postponed the negotiations again. Yeah. You know, so if anything, I feel like that that's disrespectful to a guy that you consider a club legend, your captain. So I think they're pushing him away, if anything, kind of like they did Del Piero or whatever. You know, um, they don't want to do it as loudly so that they don't have the backlash of the fans, but they doing slick little things. Cause imagine that, like you already had a deal, a, a deal on the table, like that you agreed on back in October, you pull that away from him. And then you say, okay, we're going to negotiate again, the turn of the year that comes, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't happen. You, you postpone till January. I mean, till March for his agents to come and here comes his agent and you're postponing again. It's like, you're trying to buy time or you're trying to make him mad and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go agree with somebody else. Um, that's the latest report I heard, but I feel like I'm, I'm really on the fence with that, man. Watching a match like yesterday, having a player like him, I feel like we definitely would have helped. We 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 lacked a lot of quality up front. 
uh, Dybala, we've seen it millions of times, a couple of times against us, actually, where he just gets one minute, he gets the ball for half half a second and just places a ball. You know, we, we miss a player like that, but his injury record is, is kind of scary, man. I was looking for the last two years. You see muscle fatigue, muscle strain, muscle fatigue, muscle resentment. You know, that's, that's a guy that it tells you your body is, like, deteriorating. So I don't know, man. I'm on the fence. I don't want to be openly saying, hey, I don't want him because that's a player that I love. That's one of my best, my favorite players, full stop. I say it here Bro, all the, the time. 31. Leave me alone. That's, 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 one of my, that's one of my favorite players, full stop. Okay? Let's ignore Aristotle, guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't want to be out here saying, you I don't want him. But then again, I am aware of how much of a risk it would be, even more so at the, the wages that, that he would come. You know, so I'm on the fence. I don't think I'm gonna make a decision with that. My Alex is living. Pull my pull my tab um, on the uh, screen okay, so we have... can share it for the for the stats. YouTube people. So right. just listen to me. Alex is living as well as Vidal means more wage cap, which means in theory signing the ball on free. And if I were playing a football manager. Just loan out um, Lotaro to, to Chelsea and get uh, Lukaku on loan for a year. Come on, man. Let's be let's be realistic here. Chris is the on, first bro. guy to ever get relegated in Football Manager. <laughs> <laughs> I made so many. Uh, you know, I I won the fucking Champions League with Genoa. I was sporting. I would you know, love I to made see them that. relevant. I would love to see yeah. your Football Manager saves. We well, need to uh, make okay, goal. okay. You know what? I'll put some. I'll put some respect on Hristo's football manager name. <laughs> I know that way before Brothers of the World podcast, he sent me sent me a clip of his original podcast, and I'm pretty sure it was on Football Manager. So, so I'll, I'll put some respect on. I'll put some respect on. He's been he's been grinding. Maybe I'm not saying anything. You know, the success yeah. speaks for itself. But you guys, you guys, you guys, I'm, I'm glad Ian Ian put on um, the, the screen the stats. You know what? That's something that we definitely need to be doing more. And now that I know that you know how to do it, I'm going to be on you. <laughs> all right. So, so you really done messed up here. Look look at this, guys. So this, Boring. these Boring. are all the official Make sure entries. you read it. The, the only thing is make sure you read it for our actual yeah, audio listeners. Sorry, I guys. Um, so mm. this this on screen is a list of injuries by Paulo Dybala officially recognized by transfer market, and since the start of 1920 season, which is the season that got interrupted by the pandemic, the coronavirus, he's been out with COVID 46 days, but we know he's been out with, for longer. I think with that, or was he just until May 6th? I can't remember. Then he had thigh problems for 10 days, missed two games. Again, the next season, thigh problems. 47 days, missed two games. Also fatigue, uh, three days, missed one game. Medial collateral ligament injury, which was That's from January 11th, yeah, 2021 to April 1st, 2021, which was last season. He was out for 80 days, missed 18 Juventus games, 18s in a row. Next season was muscular problems, uh, 27 days out, five games missed. Uh, again, muscle fatigue, muscular problems, thigh problems, all missed one, three, and four games. And now this season, apparently now he has problems with the hip, hip flexor. He's been out for five days already with that and a leg injury, been out for four days at least, both one game's missed. So if, if I do quick little math, 
I think it's three to forty, which means a full Serie A season if you uh, if you collect them all. That's it, crazy, it guys. It's and most of these injuries, most of these injuries are like no non-contact injuries. It's not like wow, somebody tackled him and this is why he's injured. It's it's like his muscles are pretty much giving up on him. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I do think I want to add that though. Just just. For the people that for the people that who are in favor, um, I do think that playing as a second striker would definitely help him out because he would not have to work as much, run as much. He could pretty much camp up there and um, have the rest of the team work for him because he is a luxury player, and he is the kind of player that you allow that kind of luxury. So the rest of the team would be would be running for him and let, allow him to camp up there and just create magic. So that that's the reason why the minute the, the rumor started, I said that, yo, I think Dybala is perfect fit for us football-wise. Um, I think at this point of his career, a second striker and a two-man a two-man um, striker system is the best thing for him because he can't play on the wing. He can't play uh, as a attacking midfielder anymore, you know? So that's See, but at 28 years old, should be entering but the prime of his career. The thing is, the thing is, he's exactly. 28. He's 28, but he's been playing 20 plus games in Serie A since the 2012-13 season. It's 2022. He's been doing that for almost 10 years now. Like no, that, no wonder he's been getting so many muscle injuries. Yeah. yeah, you can't turn up to the you can't turn up football pitches, training games, but for so many times before your body, you know, starts breaking down, whether you're, t whether your body starts doing that when you're 28 or it starts doing it at 38, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's going to start. And I think, um, I think guys, we should definitely, I know we were going to get to it, but let's get to it right now. The Sean Collins comment about Ju um, Juve's injury problems. He's been mentioning that for a while and that I feel like that's a good shout. You know, um, we were talking about it last part or the part before that, that they've, they've been decimated with injuries. Maybe there's something going on there um, at, at UV Medical or something that they have. They've been, they've been having a rash of injuries. Maybe Dybala is part of that as well, but I don't know, man. But they must have lost their, their special juice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. They've been, trying to, they've been trying to cook up a new batch and they, they can't get it right. Call oh, it Gasparini. <laughs> yeah, Gasparini bought every single juice left <laughs> So this is these are the injuries for this season. Winston McKinney, 15 missed matches, Kyle Jorge. We don't even need to talk about him. Oh, wow. He's out for the season, McKinney. Mm -hmm. yeah. He broke his foot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not a training injury though. Which yeah, bone yeah. is that? Metatarsal fracture. Uh, it's one of the like Upper foot, I don't know. I'd yeah, on top of oh, your wow. foot. I yeah. sucked at biology, yeah. so I mean. <laughs> uh, new boy, Dennis Zakaria, also tearing up doctor muscle. Kyle Jorge, patella rupture. No, no. Yeah, they just but, brought that but, kid bro. over. Wow, he's out for a fucking half of next season as well. Yeah, he did well, his was ACL. He, was he playing? I don't even think they were playing. I mean, he wasn't, but like. Him. Yeah, he did just... it in training. I mean, it seems that we, we forget about Chiesa, too. This. He's been out for a minute <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Where, where's yeah, Chiesa yeah. here? Since January yeah, think... 10th, 2022. Yeah. I, I believe PSG is about to mail this in. Bro, he missed 
Yeah. Right, we've got this. Everyone We're giving this free clout to Forge of Empires over here in the corner. Come on. Uh, Forge of Empires. We need a sponsorship a right here. Come on. <laughs> and, and he goes and zoom on it. Look at this. Don't worry. I'm working on it. Come on. I'll, I'll bring us a sponsor. Don't you worry. But yeah, it seems that, like, you know, just like Roma has their ACL injury curse, maybe there's something at Juventus that causes muscles to mm -hmm. just pop. Well, I mean, also, there's the whole phenomenon of this post-COVID, you know, the rigor in post-COVID. And after having that long pause, there have been a lot of muscle injuries. I don't think that's been, you know, quite researched as much as it will be in the next few years. That still needs mm -hmm. some analysis. A lot of teams have had their injury problems. We've had our injury problems, I would say, as well. I thought you and were going to pull like a Joe Rogan or an athlete and blame it on the vaccine. No, no. <laughs> we're not that type of podcast. Listen, Joe. And I, I mean, I, 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 I've been with the injuries. Let's, let's not say that. We haven't had injury problems. What, what injury problems have we had, Mikey? The vaccine this, through this the players' game. <laughs> oh, God, stop. Um, oh, I mean, this shit. season we had Correa, you know, however many times he's been out. He, sorry, um, Mike. Can you pull up Inter's injury uh, history throughout the season? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, gonna, yes, okay, Ian. Yeah, let Ian do it. Don't Go let on. me do it. I was about to say, I'm yeah. not going to do it very quickly, on, but I can do it. Listen, Ian, Ian's, Ian's in trouble. He doesn't know it. He's about to have to do, like, PowerPoint presentations and all types <laughs> of stuff. I can't wait to get back in the chat with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's my eight-year-old sure. laptop. Wait a second. It's so much yeah, that thing's probably making jet engine Bro. noises. No, no. <laughs> everything, everything that Ian's seen because I've seen his uh, monitor. He's like yeah, flat that, screen. That one doesn't have a camera. Shut that up. Oh, he, he, he got a curve. He got a curve monitor. Yeah, bro. He's like 50 inches. <laughs> yeah, I heard about you Slovenians, bro. Uh, 15 inches, maybe somewhere else. I don't, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. Flat screens. Where do you find injury history? This is here. Bro, yeah. is amazing. While, while I search for that, um, I also wanted to touch on apparently Faris got a red card yesterday. Yeah, um, I saw it. Manager. Mm -hmm. Was it for objecting? Yeah, it was the the um uh, after the Sanchez red card. But you know what, Ferris, uh -huh. that's a legend right there. That's a king, for sure. Well, since since Ian is searching, can can we discuss the the Sanchez cards, guys? Because I did see a couple comments about it. What do you guys What do you guys think? Um, were they fair? Both yellows? Was it sending off unfair? Um, who wants to take this first? I mean, to me, the second one was a makeup call, and he was already on thin ice after he left an entire footprint on Tiago's leg, like knee, way up there. Yep. That was like, yeah, mm -hmm. like knee and thigh area that you can't you can't go up there. So, I mean, after that, he was on thin ice. Um, he kept throwing himself around, and you know, it's up to the referee's discretion at that point. Bro, PSG, P PSG bottled no wait, wait. Oh, and the card didn't even get a chance to. Oh, Sharma, Sharma's giving us a little transfer mark tip because he's a he's more of a pro at putting this on the screen than we are. He says he doesn't yeah, he doesn't I, think I we just, can find yeah. season injuries. I if he was so much of a pro, that. he would not have uh, repped Vidal. But no, I mean he was right. He just made me like eat crow. Come on, he made me eat crow on the <laughs> internet on on um Al Gore's internet in 2022. Look, Joe. 
Um, so yeah, but yeah. injuries. Since we were talking about injuries, I mean, we had we've had Devry go out once already with injury. He's going to be out again. Um, yeah, Correa, of course. Um, uh-huh. uh, I mean, we brought Bastoni in Gore since he was already well. injured. Yeah, Bastoni, but luckily that didn't that didn't become that, anything. I think we were lucky with that. When I rolled, we I didn't walk normally for, for a whole. Yeah, month, and I mean that's know, a so. tall that's a tall person. So I mean, that, that seems like it would be Bastoni. much easier. Uh, and, and and that's about it, man. So yeah, we we haven't had that many. Injuries. I mean, we haven't had like an epidemic of injuries or anything, but I think we've had uh-huh. our injuries that have you know caused problems in the squad this year. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Compared to last season, oh. where we had our crack he- crackhead um, Pintus, uh, uh-huh. Darmian was also out for a bit with injury this season. Yeah. So but that was when Dumfries came good. So that ended up being okay. But if yeah. Dumfries wouldn't have settled, that would have been a much bigger issue. Yeah, I agree. But but when you compare it to to, to pretty much what Napoli had to face, what Juve were facing, what Milan had to face. I mean, I, f- I feel like we're we were allowed to, to to skate, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Come on, fellas, who do we prefer? Asander was still. But yes, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I, we didn't we didn't we touch more, much on on um Sanchez. But but yes, Ooh, Alexis, I feel like I feel like the sending off was was fair, you know. Um, as uh, I'm not sure who it was that was saying it earlier, if it was Risto or Mikey. But um, the first the first tackle that he had, that was Mikey saying it. He pretty much had knee level contact with his studs on, on Thiago. You know, that's something that I've seen that VAR get and they call the ref back and that's a, a red card all, all the way. So even if that shouldn't matter whether the, the first one should have been a, a red or not, um, the, the, the second one, I feel like it was a yellow. You know, I've always seen regardless of whether you play the ball or not, if your studs or above ground and makes contact above the studs, that's usually a yellow, you know? So that's why when I saw it happening live, at first I thought it was a little harsh, but then when I saw the replay, you know, there's nothing he could have done, but it's just one of those things that, A, is part of the game and you, you just have to, to take it. You know, it's kind of like uh, one of those one of those handballs in the, in the, in the area where you, you don't mean to do it, but it's, since it's part of the game, you just have to, to pretty much concede it. So it's the same thing, I think. You know, I feel like that was always going to be a yellow, and he's gone. That was, yeah. Plus, you know, he already... Some people say he should have been sent off earlier. I think it was only fair, you know. Um, I just wish... Well, you know, at his age, he should be more aware of, you know, the way that he's going into challenges. I get that he got the ball... And, like, people saying that he didn't see Fabinho coming, which is fair. I mean, what are you supposed to do at that point? But what you can do is not get into that situation. That, yeah. that for and, me, was where it went wrong. And what I do what I do um, agree on, though, is, like, okay, maybe the referee could have given him a pass, you know, but that, w- that would have been at the referee's discretion. Um, you have to be aware of the situations of the match. We literally just scored a goal. Our adrenaline is pumping. There's a loose ball in Liverpool's um, half where we get a chance to win the ball and attack again. So come on, man. Like, especially if you see that the guy played the ball, you, you give him a very stern talking to, you tell him, yo, listen, if you breathe on somebody next time, I'll send you off, whatever. He could have done that. But then again, 
that was at his discretion and he chose not to do it. You know, I have no I have no qualms about it. Just like Benjamin Bolivar said, come on guys, he was a line release from the cage. He had to be mm -hmm. ferocious. We gotta put him back in that cage. We're gonna get him <laughs> or something. We can't have that. <laughs> um if Mike you could just help me out with the uh, putting the I love being a producer back on. Love being the producer. This is Alexis Sanchez <laughs> versus Liverpool. He played nine games in the league against them and now two in the Champions League for us against mm -hmm. them. So he, he played eleven games against them. You know, he played at he played at uh at uh, never Anfield scored at Anfield though. Them. Didn't score in this season, missed it this season. He had an assist, didn't score, missed it again. He never scored against Liverpool at uh, Anfield. That's a that's an Ian stats of the day brought to you. <laughs> thank you, Ian. Uh, thank you, Ian. That'll well, be brought yeah, to us yeah. by a sponsor soon. <laughs> soon, soon. Sponsored by Subway. Um, no, but yeah, like a player who played for against Liverpool eleven times. You know, played in the Premier League for a lot of his career. You know, played at Barca, so he had he should be having that experience playing you know, those big matches you know he should he should be doing better if you ask me in, in these kinds of situations knowing which tackles to go for and which not to you know i, I admire the, the tenacity that he went to 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 go and defend you know but still like use your head yeah for sure you know? for sure no absolutely um the comment from um emiliano it says um what was he supposed to do not go for the ball i mean i feel like once you lunge you're pretty much responsible for whatever happens at this point. Like, I mean, uh, we're picking and choosing at this point because we we get we got to see a million replays and we're not in the heat of the moment. I hate doing that couch, couch potato stuff. But then at the end of the day, um, he could have he could have stayed on his feet. You know, it's not like uh, it was he was making a, a goal saving tackle or something like that. By lunging, you're pretty much responsible for what happens for the follow through of your lunge. You know, and yeah, that's that's why it's like, damn, I can't even defend this guy. You know, true. Um, yeah, I was just about to say we answered this, and then I have a couple of our subjects to talk about. If you guys are okay, mm -hmm. predictions uh, on who will be the most decisive player from now until the end of the season, asked by Uncle Sharma. Go give him a sub. Great guy, great content. Oh, they're all um, already subbed. They're all already <laughs> subbed. They're <laughs> all, Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't we start with Couch Potato? What do you think? Who do, who is? Yeah, Risto's been leaning back, chilling. For real, making all types of noises. <laughs> I've been chilling a lot, but my mic was muted. So. No, it was not muted. It was not muted. We it heard all the BDSM oh. sounds. Like, yeah. We heard like... <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, ASMR for our Spotify listeners. <laughs> I don't know. Um, probably our, our defense, I think, as a whole. Um, and I think the greatest impact of them all will be by the goalkeeper. I think uh, I've said it many times uh, over and over again that I think that the goalkeeper position in our sport is more important. But I think um, in football and at Inter for, uh, for a decade now, it has been the goalkeeper. Because when he performs, I think the whole team is behind the team uh, and the whole like the whole uh, the whole team is behind the club um, meaning you know not only a captain but he can motivate a lot of players if you know if he makes 
some good saves. How possible is that? We don't know because he doesn't seem like he's, you know, in the headspace at Inter. As we've said, the same thing about De Vrij for time and time again. Um, I think I think him because so far he has underperformed in most matches. I think the, the other players, like if you say Barella, I mean, he's amazing as and has been so far. Uh, and he has been he he has been decisive um, throughout the season. I think Kandanovic and Lautaro would be my my top two players because if Lautaro stop, starts scoring, I think Inter will, you know, lead the race for for the Scudetto. Uh, and if not, we'll struggle and we'll struggle we'll struggle even more in the in the future. Well, I think personally, um, I'll, I'll go with either Barella or Lotaro um, as our most decisive player for the end of the season. Um, both guys are guys that we, we, we've we seen equally care about the shirt. They feel the weight of the shirt and the fact that they were both having tough periods in the last couple of weeks. And um, they came out and said it after the Salernitana match that it was weighing on them and that they're glad that they're able to get, get out of it. It's like it tells you that those guys care and that they they feel the, their responsibility in the team. So I feel like Barella, um, especially after us going out like this, he he does feel some kind of responsibility. Like, God damn, I couldn't I could not be there for my guys. I, w- I took a stupid red card, stuff like that, you know. So I feel like he's gonna be playing with a chip on the shoulder for the rest of the season, and he's gonna be our most decisive player for the Scudetto race. So yeah, I guess I talked myself into an answer. I started with Lotaro and Barella, but by the end of my take, I settled on Barella. <laughs> Um, for me, I'll go Jekyll. You know, he's been he's been doing it a lot this season. I mean, he's been running to the ground more times than I can count by Inzaghi. But I mean, we've touched on Lautaro. If he's on fire, you know, we're we're pretty much chilling. But if he's not, you still need someone else to be scoring. And when it's not been Lautaro and it's not been anyone else, it's been Jekyll. I mean, you look at the Napoli game that that point. Is huge. Who got the goal, Jekyll? Um, if he can, you know, continue to score, maybe stay a little fresher for the rest of the season, that could be big when, you know, everyone else is off their game and you need a goal to come from somewhere. Jekyll is an original answer that I did not expect because even the comments, Sean Collins says Barella, Benjamin Bolivar says Lautaro, Matija Javits says Brozovic, you know, the panel answered their bit. But like, Jekyll is a great shout, you know? He is like the oh, big no. target man, the, the above average big brain. <laughs> <laughs> my galaxy no, but, brain 6D chess take of the day. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, um, Jacko, you know, the, the target forward, the big guy that everyone looks for on the end of the crosses, you know, it's a good shout now that we have Gozens on the left side, you know, who can whip in across. He will be as important as ever. Um, Okay, moving on to something I saw and found interesting was that Klopp touched a little bit Sorry. on Inter in his. I just, I just have to leave, as you, as I said. Um, have a nice episode. I'll be listening to the episode, and if you don't do the corporate intro, you'll be in trouble. Talk <laughs> okay, to HR, so please do your part, guys. Have a nice do episode. You, do you See want you to? Do you want to do um, the little plug-in? The YouTube subscribe and notification bell plugin. Uh, Let him go have his fun. Get free him. Free Harris. I mean, 
I would, but just when the history channel starts, so. Sorry. All right, Ian. I mean, not Ian. <laughs> All right, Risto, you could go. <laughs> so if you still want to do it, I'll do it. Um, to everyone listening that hasn't already subscribed to our YouTube channel and click the notification bell, you know, it's it's an easier way than just following us on Twitter and regularly refreshing for updates. You know, you, here you just get a push notification when we're live. So, you know, when to join in on the conversation. Mm. Speaking of which, Klopp, Klopp, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool manager, touched on Inter in his press conference after the game um, and on Italian football in general. He praised the teams he faced, which were Napoli, Atalanta, Inter, and Milan, um, saying that we work hard, we are man-marking well, but um, he also touched on the, the topic of all the Italian teams, like you know, when when other people see where other teams see um, Italian teams get drawn against them. You know, we saw Napoli in recent years face Real Madrid, Liverpool, other teams. You know, we saw Atalanta being drawn against United. I think some of the other teams. I think Klopp thought that too. They just think, all right, easy three points. All right, easy six points. All right, we're going through. You know, um, he said that it's the hard work against you really have to work hard against the italian teams just because of that stigma that maybe the league is on the back end you know of everyone's minds you know when you think of other competitions you could be facing with other clubs you don't really think of italian teams you know even juventus as much as we like to clown them you know they 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 can perform in europe do you think that there's too much disrespect going towards the italian league and italian clubs in europe no, I think it's warranted when you're not making it out of the round of 16, when you're Juventus and you're bottling against Porto and Ajax year in, year out, Lyon um, one year, when you're Napoli and you're getting spanked by the worst Barcelona side in a generation, um, you know, when you're Roma and getting 7-1 put up on you by Bayern or whoever else putting it up on you. I mean, you know, it's not a good rep. Um I think it's something that a lot of us um, that follow the Milan clubs would say, um, us and AC Milan. Um, you know, we're the two sides that carry Italy in these European competitions, and it's getting back that way. And I think Atalanta also, because they play such a such a progressive, modern European style, that they're even one of the ones that gets more respect. Um, but yeah, no, when you're not performing when you're not making semifinals constantly um you're not going to get that respect but i also want to also want to caveat that with um i mean outside of um bayern and dortmund i mean the bundesliga isn't much doesn't get much respect either and that's warranted as well because they don't have teams that make it that deep um i mean when yeah, it's the it's the places, it's the leagues where you have the biggest teams that are making it the deepest the most often, where you hear the most respect. And yeah, it's something that you gain over time. And it's gonna take a while for Syria to get anything like that back. And if it does come back, it's gonna be us in Milan. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with Mikey. Um, I feel like everything is warranted. Um, I guess I'm one of the little the older guys on Twitter. Um, I remember when in the 90s, you know, I, I started watching the league in the 90s. I was a kid, but I still remember it quite vividly comparatively to the other leagues. So I remember when we were on top. But now we're really like we're we're struggling um, when you see um, the first the first leg of the Champions League match against Liverpool, for example, when we saw 
the people that they were bringing off their bench, the $60 million player, $60 million player here, $70 million player there, there's a big gap. And um, that's why the league is, is pretty much behind all the other leagues and mainly the, the Premier League because the revenue is, is in the basement. And we can't invest in squads. And the fact that we can't invest, we don't have the best players. When they see us, when we do, when, when we do play the big matches, we tend to get embarrassed. And unless you have a situation like yesterday where you have a coach like Inzaghi who found a way to make us look good and Gasparini and stuff like that. Um, I'm just saying that I am a Serie fan. It does hurt when I see people talking about where the Farmers League or when I see people talking about, oh, that's an easy three points when they see a team facing an Italian team. But we have to be honest. Uh, the level is not what it, it used to be. And especially when you compare it to some of the top teams, we have a huge gap to, to close. So, yeah, it's, I feel it's warranted. Exactly. And my thoughts, exactly. You know, Klopp just had to say something nice for the media because he's the media darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the eyes <clears throat> of the international media. Um, you yeah, know, I, I want to make one more thing on this um, because we talk about farmers' leagues. Um, something on when I actually listen to podcasts, um, uh, one of my favorites on football is outside of Inter is called Hardcore Football. Um, check those guys out if you haven't. But they say like they they watch all leagues, um, and they say that every league is a farmers league, and I think that's that's pretty true because once you get outside of what the top four or five in any league, you are talking about you know teams that are on the same level competitively and financially, and just because they're you you know you're not you don't have 18 teams that could win the league doesn't mean it's not fun to watch. Like, I mean, I can, I can name off matches of lower leagues or lower level Serie A teams that I enjoy watching. I mean, you could watch uh, any league and find something, something fun there, even if they're all farmers leagues. I think for that conversation, we need to get David on. He's, he's the, the middle mid table expert. <laughs> for some Oh yeah. The Udinese enjoyer. <laughs> I still don't know why he would torture himself on six in the morning Sunday game, but it is what it is. Um, so looking forward, we face Torino on Sunday, March 13th. It will be a battle between Inzaghi and Juric. Current head-to-head level between these two coaches is five wins for Inzaghi, two draws and one win for Juric. Torino last one against Sampdoria on the 15th of January. So it will be almost two months to the day when we face them. Their last five matches have been obviously zero wins, two draws against Bologna and Juventus, be it respectable teams. But they also lost against Venezia. Who should the who they should have won against? Yeah, they were ten men. They were down to ten men as well, yeah. Venezia were. Yeah. Bidinese and Cagliari. Um Torino currently sit on the eleventh. Last five matches for Inter were two wins, most notably yesterday versus Liverpool and the 5 0 beating of Salernitana. Two draws, Milan in the Copa and Genoa in the league, the Snooze Fest 0 0, and one loss which came against the Swallow, which we will not talk about. Last five matches, head to head between Inter and Torino, have been surprisingly. What do you guys think? Um. We we're decent against Torino. Um, it's one of those. Um, I could remember, you know, Hendanovic having some comical errors, but I'm not sure if that was the last five matches. But 
yeah, it's a very hot. It, it runs very hot and cold. That that matchup. What What do you think, Dave? Um. Well, I, I personally, I, I I feel like um we're a different team, so it doesn't matter, honestly. And they're a different team as well, you know, because they were for the last three, four years, they were the team that. Um, in the in the in the mold of Udinese, they were a team that they were gonna play terrorist ball, just play very defensively and try to try to make um, either Belotti or somebody else create something for them. Now I feel like they have a direction. They're gonna try to play some football, and um, same thing for us as well. So I think that um, regardless of how we've done with with um, against them for the past five games, which as Mikey said, we haven't been too hot or too cold it's been hot or cold depending on the form but exactly depending on the form what we've seen the last two matches of inter i'm very confident going into torino uh, i feel like we could definitely make it happen a 2-0 2-1 i'll take it do i give you a stat that might shock you go ahead last five matches have all been wins against torino we've oh, won yeah. all five of them First Don't say that. Goal Stop. Scored. We're gonna get jinxed. We're gonna get jinxed. <laughs> no, but yeah. like first goal scored yeah, four yeah. goals against. You know, yeah, the season was one nil, just before Christmas Day, um, with the goal by Denzel Dumfries. Um, but yeah, under that notable wins two one, four two, three one, and three nil. But surprisingly, if you look at the previous five games before these five, it's three draws and two losses. So yeah. it's it is streaky. It is hot and cold. You know. Um, yeah. Go on. Did you want to say something? No, but yeah, I'm I'm surprised honestly. That's why I answered you the way I answered you earlier. Like I got mm-hmm. just in and it's in just embedded in my head that hey, Torino, like we don't we don't automatically beat them, but they don't usually give us trouble either. So I felt like it would have been pretty fair, but I don't know. I don't know if that's things that's something that players really take into consideration when they go into a match. Like damn, we've beat these we've beaten these guys the last five matches. Um, or they nor nor should they, in my opinion. So I feel like they should definitely focus on their form for the last two matches, mainly Liverpool, and ride that high to to go and face um, Torino. Exactly. But the fact that we've beaten them the last five matches, it doesn't hurt either. Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't at all. Um, if we look at the, the last win of the, those five, it was like under Conte, and the players that were playing that match, notably, were Royal Lukaku. D'Ambrosio was playing in the first team. Matias Vecino was playing next to Brozovic and Barella. We had Cristiano Birargi on the left. Schwinier on the left of the defense, but Diego Godin on the right. So you know a lot has changed since. Was then. that the game? Was that the game where Barella hurt his knee? And yes. Palotti like got a broken rib like two minutes in. Uh Ooh. don't know about the Yeah, yeah, it is. I thought so, yeah. Nice. Yeah, memory. that was a terrible match. It was in the rain. <laughs> I remember that because that's why that's what happened with Barella. He was like, he turned to get a cross in and he slipped in the mud, his knee buckled and yeah, he was out for a yeah. while. Vecino also, I think, got injured that match and he was out like until like the end of like last season. Do, do you remember who who came on for Barella? It was our favorite uh, Spaniard. Oh, Borja came on? Borja Valero. Ah, uh, yes, the old man. About that guy. <clears throat> nah, but um, it's a very different team from that time. Uh, it's a very different style. Torino's very different. I think Mazzari was probably their coach at that point. Uh, Yeah, Mazzari was their coach. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's a very different team. <laughs> different team, different schedule. 
And now we're second, pushing towards first, Torino 11th. Um, looking ahead after the Torino match, if we play against Torino like we played against Liverpool, they have no chance. This is Emiliano. I agree. I agree. We should win. Um, do you guys not worry that this game will be the same like Sassuolo, out of shape, out of gas after a UCL game? Any update on Brozovic? I don't think there's been any update on Brozovic. I thought there was going to be one today, but what I've seen so far is, I mean, they're going to probably try to get him for the Torino match, but if he's not there, don't be surprised. Um, yeah, yeah. But I do worry about it being like Sassuolo, especially if Brozovic is out. I mean, Juric knows how to press. Um, I mean, Inter coped with the best press in the world yesterday, but, you know, that can change. We see We see teams in the Champions League all the time pull out wins and then go back to their league and, you know, lose to a team you wouldn't expect them to lose to. Real Madrid does it all the time. I mean, they they pull out wins. They pulled out one today, and then they could go lose to, like, Elche or somebody in <laughs> in La Liga on the weekend. So you never know. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I feel like the fact, like Mikey said, the fact that Brozo is a question mark, that's that's all too um, similar to the Sassuolo match. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a banana skin potential banana skin that we have to, to look to look to look out for. But um I don't see like when I look at the roster like uh, of Torino, I see probably Belotti is a guy that I guess you gotta give him respect. But other than that, they don't have the weapons that I, I could see like, oh my God, if we're not on our game, they're gonna hurt us. Uh well when you compare that to Sassuolo, you had Skamaka, um Raspadori, Berardi, Traor, take your pick. Um so that's the reason why I'm not scared that it's going to go like Sassuolo. I don't think they have the weapons to hurt us if we're not really on our A game. But I also feel like that, that Sassuolo game is in the team's mind, and they're going to make sure that the same thing doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I really just hope that yesterday's win can be a building block towards a streak that lasts and then can bring us forward towards the, the Scudetto. Because after the Torino match, I wrote it down here. We have Fiorentina on March 19th, Juventus on the 3rd of April, Elas Verona on the 10th of April, Spezia on the 16th, and then a reverse Milan fixture of the Copa on the 20th of April. So in the next one month, one week, we have some difficult matches. We have some, some, some of them that should be a no-brainer, three points. Yeah, be- I mean, if Inzaghi has learned any lessons from, you know, the blackout of February, I think he'll apply them and we should be fine against Torino. But Matias says here that Bremer is going to have the game of his life. And I mean, if he does and then he comes, that's fine. Um, but, you know, luckily we play two strikers. So if he marks one out, the other is still going to be running around somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and and, um, I mean, and I think I think that's in, that's very encur- encouraging seeing that Lotaro is, I guess, he scored the last couple of matches, you know. So I'm sure that his form, his confidence is 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 on is peaking right now. So yeah, if if Bremer wants to, if they want to stick Bremer on on Zeko and mark him out of the match, I expect Lotaro to be able to step up in the form that he's in. I'd, I'd bet on him, on him to get a goal again. True, but one thing we know goalkeepers have to do against center is play the game of their season against us. Torino right now have Berisha Engel and Vanya Milinkovic-Savic. I think Milinkovic-Savic has been the more played goalkeeper with 25 games played. Uh, he's injured right now, I believe, is the thing. Okay, so perfect time for Berisha to pull, yeah. to pull yeah. a, a great game against also us. True. You know? <laughs> also true. 
so we will see nah but i mean uh i mean i i feel encouraged because it was um sepe in goal for um for salernitana last weekend and he's a guy that usually shows out against enter and we were able to put that many by him so i mean barisha yeah. shouldn't be shouldn't be too different true true but you never know with these goalkeepers you know that is also yeah. we see the atlanta goalkeepers wherever it may be you know they just love playing the game of the season against us anyone but Rui patricio it seems he seems to be playing amazing against everyone then just concedes straight from a corner against us <laughs> <laughs> Fair. it's just one of those well, now, um, wait, we still have to face them one more time this season. We need to redact that. Yeah, Ian's been doing all types of jinxing jinx this episode. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. You know, I'm, I'm going to make sure I call him out on all of them, too, if, 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 they, if they turn bad. Like, this guy's uh, riding a horse right now. Some bets before, we, before we played this episode, oh, before Lord. we start recording. So, <laughs> either I make money or I, I'd be happy. Make we'll money see. or be right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as far as predicted lineups go, I haven't seen any uh, yet. Having yeah, said that, out. I will make my predictions and what I expect from the team. I want to see more of Gosens. I want to see more of Correa. I want to see more of Caicedo. We just brought him for the holiday, sure, but at least do something on the pitch. Uh, I do want to see some rotation in the in the defense. If the rise out, that means Skriniar goes in the middle. So. Maybe D'Ambrosio on the right, DeMarco on the left. Who knows? I, I just want to see some rotation. Um. Yeah, I mean, what I expect to see our lineup looking like, I guess we have this big question mark here with Brozo, so um, we'll leave that like that for now. But I expect to see our um, our, no, our normal strikers, uh, Lotaro and um, and um, Zeko. Zeko did not play at all yesterday. Lotaro got subbed off after 65 minutes, so it should be fresh to start. Um, I still think that we'll see Paris start. Um, although I would like to see Gosens get more minutes, I still don't think that he's ready to get to, to get 60 minutes yet. I mean, to get a, a full 70, 80 minutes or play a full match yet. That's just my opinion. Or maybe just me wanting to be cautious with him coming coming off a, a long layoff like that. So I still go Paris and play Gosens a lot of minutes as I can. Uh, I don't know. I'll start Dumfries again. Uh, and then same thing that Inzaghi did yesterday. Uh, D'Ambrosio, Skriniar, and Bastonia in the back. I wouldn't want to do too much, too many rotations. So as you see, only DeVry since he's hurt and uh, Brozo. Hopefully he does get to play. If he if he's if he's fit to play, he has to start with the with the strongest team. So no, I definitely would not do any rotations at all. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing, the only other thing that will probably change is um Jekyll instead of alexis sanchez and then lautaro beside him i think when you're bringing on correa when you're bringing on gosens um that's really that's a really strong bench to have um if you're chasing a game or if you just want to add you know that extra goal you can get that from those guys true true we will see it's all in the hands of Nzagi. Um, I see you guys are, are being chicken right now. You guys, you guys don't want to do predictions. Go ahead, man. Predictions. What oh, are your predictions? Uh, yeah, I figured that's where we were going. I was just waiting yeah, for the. I was just about to say. I was waiting for the segue. Right, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Ian. So we could boo you. Go <laughs> give ahead. me another jinx. Give us another. Give us one more. Do you really want the jinx? Because I actually predict two nil win. Okay. Really? They said really. They <laughs> haven't won in almost two months. 
you have you have Inzaghi has the better record. Uh, look, Inzaghi has the better record against Juric. Only lost once against him in the last. So this will be five years. In the last five years, he only lost once. You know, they haven't won in two months. We're coming off great wins against Leonardo and Liverpool. Um, I I hope I really do hope we can we can keep the streak going of five continuous wins and work towards the Scudetto. I think this is a break it or make it moment for for this season. I think th this period right here it will it will be crucial. Yeah, this is season defining. I mean, everything is here now when you're one point separating you even though you have the game in hand of course uh counting that as a win which i shouldn't do but if you win that you're um you're a point up um and you know anything if you're within a game uh, you know three points uh, every match is a final i mean that's manager speak but it's it's how it is um so you gotta win these um the only match where i'm like all right you know it's a throw of the dice we'll see what happens is juve um, other than that, you've got to be winning every single match from here on out, no matter what Milan do, no matter what Napoli do. You got to handle your business and get yourself to a Scudetto, whether, rather than, you know, trying to hope and scoreboard watch. So, yeah, go on, stick your neck. What do you think? What's going to ah, be the result? Mm, uh, ugly 1 0. I'll take it. Uh, I'll, I'll make you happy too. I'll say D'Ambrosio back post header. This guy won't sleep tonight. Like your son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I'll I don't know, man. Um, I'll go two zero if Rozo plays. I'll go hard for hard hard fought um one zero if he doesn't play. I think that is the biggest question. Will Brozovic play? You know, mm. we seen but him. I, I think we I think we have good signs though because um. They came out and they gave an update on the Vrij's um, situation, um, confirming that he's injured and that he's going to be day-to-day -day or something. They even said that he could miss up to 10 days, something like that. And Brozo, nothing, you know? So I'm sure both of them got checked out, you know? But so hopefully it just – because we saw that when it happened, he walked off and he tried to play on it. So maybe it's a minor knock because that guy is just so important for the team, man. So just seeing him pick up a knock, like your heart just starts pounding. So hopefully it's nothing he just plays. Maybe it was a precautionary sub, you know. He didn't want to agitate something or aggravate the injury, so yeah, he just took him off. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Hopefully by tomorrow we'll have more, more information on that. More news on the subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we said, game is on Sunday, March March thirteenth. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, So four more days until then. Which means four more days of me milking clips from this episode, which has been going on for one hour and twenty minutes. It has yes, been one of the longest ones. You playing us yeah, out? We, we ran long. Yeah. We ran long. Um, I, I really want to thank everyone in the comments that came out, uh, interacted with us: Matija Jovic, Sean Collins. Um, I'm just going here reading names. Uncle Sharma, I saw him. Benjamin Bolivar joined us later on. Um, Figo's in here right now. He's got another shopping Figo's list. Figo's in here. <laughs> okay, so I'm not gonna tell Figo anything. Jane, Mikey already packed up the pictures that he doesn't. Nah, see I can't do anymore. that. I can't do the pictures. They're not mine. They're not mine. <laughs> he wants my headphones, but how will I do the episodes without the headphones, bro? He wants a shirt right. from Dave. 
He needs my jacket. I don't even have a jacket. I don't know. I already gave him my conditions for the shirt, so so Figo's gonna have to wait till we win the Champions League, man. <laughs> Figo, if you give us your new at on Twitter, we'll start talking. For real, man. They banned my dog. What happened? <laughs> yeah, he got suspended. He doesn't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Account. I can't. I, I can't be giving nothing away right now, bro. Don't don't be betting my stuff out there. <laughs> um. No, but yeah. Thank you to everyone who who came, who who's, who's interacting with us in these episodes. It does it does mean the world to us. You know, just seeing that you guys want to come here and talk with four random dudes about Inter, about a common thing that we love. Um. Any other final thoughts that you two want to give before I give the mandated corporate? outro <laughs> nah, you got it man yeah. the floor is yours <laughs> okay so um thank you for joining us for another great episode of the brothers of the world podcast um if you haven't already subscribed to our youtube channel brothers of the world podcast um click the notification bell as well so you never miss a scheduled upload a live stream so you can interact with us be part of the episode hear your name when you listen to it later on spotify apple music or anywhere else we're also streamed there. Um, we're on Twitter at BOTW Pod. Um, we have a link tree in the bio with our other social media platforms. Um, our personal Twitters are in the bio. Um, and with that being said, thank you for joining us for another episode, and we'll see you next.